You are listening to Mining Stock Education, where you'll learn from the top leaders in the natural resource sector and uncover quality mining investment opportunities. I'll tell you one thing, Bill. Uh, this is a segue into something much larger. It captures a lot of significant reserves. Once this 10-well program and the 8-well program, it's modular after that. It's due up to off execution. Whatever the polymer pilot provides that's huge the huge. upside there huge yeah so so that could be a legitimate path to the ten thousand barrels per day uh, we initially talked about the polymer pilot could get you there yeah okay not the pilot but if the pilot works and you go yeah. start expanding and kind of around the pool yeah you can get there welcome back to mining stock education i'm bill powers and in today's episode we're going to be getting an update from prospera energy one of the companies that i am invested in and we're going to hear from the president and CEO, Samuel David, as well as one of the key directors of the board, Brian McConnell. Brian, it's your first time on the show, so welcome. And just so listeners get an idea of your bona fides, you've had 47 years of experience in the oil field. So you know the oil field in and out. You spent 10 years as vice president of exploration at Tundra Oil and Gas, helping to grow their production from 4,000 barrels per day to 28,000 barrels per day, primarily light oil in manitoba so brian and sam welcome to the show morning yep morning all right so you're both seasoned oil men as i mentioned sam what more can we say about brian as we introduce him to the audience well um i think he's one of the pioneer of these uh, fields that we've been uh, restructuring and developing i think he drilled some of the initial wells and tried some of the reservoir management uh, yeah, he's uh, well accustomed to these fields and uh, long, long history background. Brian, uh, when I first introduced the Prospera story to my audience, we talked about the possibility of going from a thousand barrels per day upwards of ten thousand barrels per day in that two to three year range. And you grew quickly, Tundra Oil and Gas, over that period, as I mentioned, from four thousand to twenty eight thousand barrels per day. Can you talk about your contribution to Prospera and how you are helping Prospera move upwards towards that 10,000 barrels per day? Well, there, there are two or three ways that Prospera can grow here going forward, and we're focusing on all three. Um, the first is acquisitions, because a lot of companies right now don't really like Saskatchewan or heavy oil. They're all heading to the Montney, and the Saskatchewan heavy oil and medium oil properties just don't look very sexy compared to the Montney. So there are the acquisition angle is there. Edge delineation and pool delineation along the fairways that people have been finding smaller and some medium-sized pools in Saskatchewan, those opportunities are still there. Put a good team together like Prospera's got there now and look at a lot of the old seismic and do a few check exploration wells around the edges. You can find the odd new pool. So you need to do a bit of that as well. The other is, is secondary recovery or enhanced recovery. If you can double or triple or quadruple production by doing a fairly inexpensive uh, pressure maintenance scheme, either with water or polymer, you can make a huge difference in the reserve additions and in terms of the volume. So those three kind of legs on the stool, you can get some significant growth out of this area still, because a lot of people are walking away. Uh, that's a mistake. I don't want to go to the money. I prefer to stay here. I know it. <laughs> Sam, can you uh, maybe add any color on what Prospera is doing in terms of acquisitions? I know you can't tip your hand to potential com competitors, but what can you share with those that are invested in your company? Well, uh, as uh, Brian mentioned, you know, in this adjacent area, 
people are not allocating resources to develop a lot of these uh, high reserve potential, recovery potential uh, pools adjacent to us, very similar. And we have been picking at it and choosing the right pool that is compatible with Prospera and that has a significant recovery potential and we can quickly turn it around. And we have narrowed that down to that. And I know uh, Brian's been uh, wanting to get one of those pools for uh, just a few years. <laughs> and uh, that's one of them. And it's in the works here. Hopefully, I think we're trying to finalize here by end of quarter two. And it's adjacent to our area. It just increases expansion in our core area. And uh, we can utilize the existing services that we have established. And, uh, you know, the operatorship is also, there's synergy there. Uh, so it's compatible and expanding in our core area. Is there a minimum amount of oil in place or recovery factor or EOR potential that you look for in an acquisition? It's very similar to what we do here. They're all uh, primary depletion, primary recovery, less than 10% recovery, and there's 90% uh, lap uh, remain to be had. And, uh, you know, it's stages. You know, you can uh, convert from vertical well to horizontal wells, depending on the type of drive you have. Uh, you know, there's pool delineation, as Brian alluded to, uh, and utilization of 3D seismic, like this company, Prospera, had 3D seismic over the entire field, and they never processed it. Um, and, you know, the interpretation and um, the horizontal technology, and then the improved recovery, pressure maintenance, and enhanced oil recovery. So we could, uh, with good reservoir management, uh, uh, with all these different applications, we could take to 30, 40, 55, you know, depending on how successful, how the uh, how it responds, how compatible the fluids that we're introducing to the reservoir, and uh, how well efficiently we're maintaining with the interwell distance, and et cetera, et cetera. Brian could really get into that, that, that aspect of it. <laughs> A question came in um, asking for details on why you would buy wells from an orphan well association or from other companies uh, for a nominal amount then abandoning some wells and reactivating some wells that had solid economics. Uh, Sam, you want to take this one? Breaking through abandoned wells that's already been designated to be abandoned, it's already went through the entire filtering filtering of it, does it have potential? Yeah, if you can go through thousands of wells and you might find some upside to it, but we're not, Prospera is not interested in one-off. We're interested in a contiguous pool uh, we're interested in recovery that is 10%, 20%, 30%. It's not just adding five barrels or 10 barrels or 100 barrels, you know, in one well and trying to expand in the area. We'd like to be operator uh, so we can control the cost, but we like to have a contiguous land holding so that we can apply reservoir management methods, not worrying about with partners and unitization and all that administrative work. In my opinion, that abandonment well wells that are already designated as abandoned wells but they have gone through a pretty good filtering process and that there's not much there. And and we're not here, Prosper is not here for, you know, one-off type of uh, uh, well. So it doesn't uh, uh, align with Prosper's corporate objectives. Can you provide any more technical details and cost for the 18-well drilling program you're now engaged in? As we mentioned, we uh, uh, commenced a uh, uh, pilot well and we learned a lot of technical and economical and services that go along with it to perform this proposed development project. First of all, we discovered that re-entering an existing well encounters two problems rather than one problem. Our main problem 
is uh, the reservoirs are depleted. And the loss of circulation is, is a major thing. It's a primary obstacle that we have to face and be prepared for it. But when you're exposed to uphold in the build section, uh, that introduces another problem. So we decided to convert into a conventional horizontal from existing lease. And they were stepping away from existing wells, you know, maybe 200, 300 meters away, away from the drained area of communication. So that's one major technical parameters uh, that we converted. And so we can focus on the pay rather than the problems that come with the pay zone. The services, we have fine-tuned a lot of the technical parameters and the services required. I think back then we were the, the capital for drilling a horizontal well was getting up to a million dollars. And now we're doing a 10-well program. And I think we can uh, reduce that uh, average uh, capital per horizontal well, probably perhaps to 800 to 850K, uh, and even a little bit uh, better. So uh, these kind of tweaks we have done, uh, that's for the horizontal wells. And uh, Brooks, which we're very excited, Prosper is very excited about. We have uh, we have our uh, VPF subservice has 16 locations already, uh, substantiated by well control, and 3D size make, uh, and we're uh, we're kicking off developing two pools that already have been reperved and have proven uh, flowing barrels, four wells in each each of those pools, and um, overall it's going to be anywhere from 13 to 15 million dollar capital outlay that can add um, in gross numbers anywhere from thousand to thousand plus barrels. Brian, anything you'd like to add to that? I didn't think he was going to talk about that play because I thought it was still kind of a secret. <laughs> <laughs> we have to drill it, so we got a license. It's getting licensed. <laughs> yeah, we, we're still looking. There's other... <laughs> anyway, that play will go a long way towards reducing our vulnerability to heavy pricing and differentials and all of the other nasty business that comes with heavy. And uh, by lightening our stream a bit, it makes us uh, fundamentally more vibrant or solid uh, financially. Okay. Diversify our product mix and optimizes our margin. Yep. Yep. Gets better margin. And are you making any progress with a, a Duro? You announced a partnership there to where you could potentially uh, create the the lighter oil from the heavy oil. Is there any progress being made in that front? It's a, a pilot project. It's a scientific uh, project to, to prove what they get do. And uh, um, Prospera has been um, cautious not getting into something that is totally exploratory, but there has been previous tests done with majors. Uh, they have uh, performed and they seem to have positive results. Therefore, it gives Prospera assurance uh, to deliver some barrels in various type of API. We're going to give the lowest API and the, the, the highest API we have and test and see how it improves the light ends. There are a lot of questions to be answered, you know, whether it does qualify for the marketing and and, you know, the API, the viscosity, and there's a number of questions, but that's why we do the test and see if we can answer it. And this is economical. The delivery of sample is in the works here. Over the next six months, the test will be performed. And by end of the year, uh, early part of next year, we should have results back. Yes, it is. Brian, is uh, there anything you can share with investors about the polymer flood trial? Uh, timeline, cost, when can we see results? John might be able to answer that. I don't know when we're going to actually start. Um, there's so much oil in place on the pools that, that Prospera already has, but they're 
most of that oil has been depressured by a long history of production. Some of the pools surrounding Prosperous Pools have gone to, went to water flood a long time ago, and they've been flooded for years. But a lot, some of our crude is just too viscous to water flood, and the polymer flood flooding technology has come a long way in the last five or ten years. Putting in a pilot could actually, if it works with the polymer flooding, could actually trip, double or triple or quadruple the reserves easily. But and it's not it, it it's not easy to do. But we're not going to go into it whole hog and blow the blow everything up. We'll pilot it first and see how the pilot reacts, and then expand the pilot out in stages under control. And it has the potential to make a huge difference on the large oil place numbers we've got. That is correct. Uh, sometimes uh, you don't have to go to horizontal technology because in some of these pools, and especially the major pool that uh, with the large significant remaining reserves, uh, we have significant number of well location. But there's a lot of uh, studies goes into it, understanding the, what has been done to the reservoir and what has been taken out, what stage of depletion this uh, reservoir is at, we also study the fluid and the rock mechanics, and we understand the structure and pay thickness and, and flow of fluid over time, connectivity. And also we studied analogs that are nearby uh, reservoir and what they have done to it. There's a tremendous amount of data that we have gathered and we have studied. There has been a lot of improvement in the polymer world over the years, you know, uh, from what it was to what it is now. There's a lot of, you know, very uh, complex cross-links well, what it can do, the rheology, and you know what happens when you inject it over time, when it stops moving, and when it's being recovered, what are we going to do with it? We have to have a lot of consideration, not just downhole, but uh, at surface as well, and how we're going to treat it. And so it's carefully thought out through stages of delineation and risk. And uh, uh, Brian and I, we chat about it here and there. And uh, we, I'm hoping uh, to um, to pilot something uh, a little later in the summer. Here, we're 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 getting closer in the, over the next uh, two or three months. Brian is optimizing uh, water injection patterns. Something you're going to be uh, looking at this summer too. Yes, um, some of the lighter viscous, lighter viscosity heavy oils are eminently water flowing. That needs to be looked at as well. Yeah, and the first thing that we, I don't want to give too many secrets away here, but. The first thing that one should look at when you're looking at acquiring heavy oil pools is the in-situ viscosity, because the thicker the stuff is, as it gets more tar-like, almost like tar, you can't water flood it. You need to get the heat or polymer going. So if you were to per set up a, a list of uh, pools you wanted to acquire in heavy oil, rank them by this. How many workovers are left on the, the company pro uh, properties and how, what would that produce on a barrel per day basis? So um, the, the workovers are existing vertical wells that's primarily depleted. It's, you know, it's from the leak line and it's just maintaining now. And usually it's around a cube, cube and a half, which is like uh, 10 to 15 barrels a day, sometimes 20 barrels a day. Uh, in, in our 2022 year end, uh, the, the third party substantiated about 62 wells still remaining to be optimized. Um, I would say about another 100 wells we can still optimize. Since we're not re-entering the wells uh, and we're stepping away from the drainage area, we can still produce this existing vertical well that's on the lease. Uh, so, uh, I'm you know, we could possibly add another 100 cubes uh, over over time here in optimizing wells. And that's that's uh, 500, 600 barrels a day. You did a sidetrack well last summer. It's uh, producing 56 barrels per day in April. What did you learn from uh, that accomplishment? Standoff, standoff, 
our, from our water. This uh, this well we maintain uh, really well, uh, right at the top of the re reservoir, uh, the pay, and then uh, uh, towards just the end they went up a bit and they hit the uh, shale, so they got panic and they turned the steering. And they went down. <laughs> Sand off went from seven meters to a four meter right at the end, and that contributes water. That well has a lot of flow levels in the in, in the well bore. We just want to establish a nice drawdown throughout the that reservoir propagates drawdown, and then we'll start pulling on it a little stronger. It did go up to 100 barrels a day. We also noticed water cut jump too, so we don't mind keeping around 50, 60 barrels a day for now. But it answered a lot of our questions, hence we're commencing our 10-well 10, 10 program. Uh, what is the infrastructure capacity on each of the fields in terms of oil and water handling? In uh, in the hard shell, it's 12,000 cubes total of uh, fluid uh, capacity. And Cuthbert, it's also 12,000 cubes. And, and Luzland, it's about 300 cubes. But, you know, Luzland and Archill are connected. They're very close. So there's a synergy there. You're asking if there's remaining capacity in the surface treating. Yeah, there's lots. There's, there's lots. lots. Okay. The, these, these, these pools uh, at one time, they were, they were up producing. Uh, Luzland was around 6,000, 7,000 barrels a day. The other one, they were producing 10, 12,000 barrels a day of oil at one time. Just That's from right. well. That's right. I was there for that. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, I, I interview a lot of junior mining executives. So if I could stereotype, sometimes junior mining executives overpromise and underdeliver. But I think I'm learning that oil executives sometimes underpromise <laughs> and overdeliver. That being said, would you say that some of the numbers you threw out there for what you expect to accomplish from this 18 well program, are you being conservative? Well, I got this voice behind me. It's called Brian, Brian McCall's voice. <laughs> it keeps me in check. <laughs> We're trying to be practical. We're not under-promising. We're being realistic for the weather conditions. Our infrastructure is not a main concern. It still will encounter things. So we're accounting for all the downtime. If all things go well, we do better. But if all things go not as expected, at least to be what we promised. So I think we're being realistic. What do you say, Brian? I know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think you are. Um, you're right. the, the, the numbers you're predicting are kind of what an average well would do if successful. But some of our wells will likely come in better than what we're thinking too. So, you know, you're not promising upside. You're kind of promising normal. But I'll, I'll tell you one thing, Bill. This is a segue into something much larger. to capture some a lot of significant reserves. Once this 10-well program and the 8-well program, it's modular after that. It's developed off execution. Whatever the polymer pilot provides, that's huge. The upside there is huge. So that could be a legitimate path to the 10,000 barrels per day uh, we initially talked about. The polymer pilot could get you there. Yeah. Okay. Not the pilot, but if the pilot works and you go start expanding and kind of around the pool, yeah, you can get there. And, and you know, all the... Uh, engineering and uh, stats and looking at things, you know, because there's analog right beside us that's already successful. And uh, there's no reason why not. We can improve upon that. So, uh, you know, it's very positive. Okay. And last thing on the corporate side of the business, capital markets, you're now DTC eligible, right, for U.S. investors. Correct. And that's going to cancel liquidity, uh, our exposure. And we also have a market awareness program that's going to promoting it. And uh, we're very, very excited to get into the U.S. market. There's a lot of, including yourself, there's a lot of interest from U.S. 
it's a large market, it really creates value for uh, prosperous stakeholders. Excellent. Well, Brian, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Any final thoughts you'd like to leave with the investors listening to us? <laughs> well, I find it exciting to be back with my feet in heavy oil. <laughs> <laughs> and we're glad to have you here. Bye. Excellent. Well, gentlemen, thank you for the update today. Thank you. Thank you.